0: Listen, that's the joke. Oh, hey hey now! Could have been tough. Watch that smash!
1: Good evening, Metal Faithful. It is I, your mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge, and this is the Metal Hammer of Doom. Tonight we are reviewing Sabaton, the war to end all wars. It is the 10th studio album by Swedish heavy metal band Sabaton. Ikea is from Sweden. I like meatballs. Hey, you did the thing. I did the thing, (laughs) (laughs) and it was released on Quiet You. Released on March fourth, 2022. The album serves as the sequel to the band's 2019 album, The Great War, which you can find in our archives as we reviewed that. It is a concept album, which, like its predecessors, focuses on the atrocities, miracles, and happenings around World War One, such as those of the Christmas Truce the Stormtroopers of the German Army, the Race to the Sea, for which we did a reaction video. You can check that out in the archives. The Treaty of Versailles, the predominant dreadnought type of battleship during the early 20th century, and others. The single Christmas Truth was nominated for Music Video of the Year at the 2021 Global Metal Apocalypse Awards, finishing second overall. And joining me to review this, we have a special guest, but first uh we must bring on the regular panel members ladies and gentlemen my brother from another mother the disapproving dad mr essential big time jesse starcher how do you do sir big
2: time all right yeah just keep adding things on there mark
1: um (laughs) well i'm sorry that you felt that my little old network was too claustrophobic for you and you needed to go
2: off on your own and be your own man be a man jesse starcher I'm looking at it right now, and my first episode on my own solo feed dropped March 6th. So, can we say at April 6th, uh, you know, we'll just go ahead and we'll, we'll finally be able to get over it? Does that sound all right, Mark? <laughs> one, one month of mourning? Uh, right. No, hey, man, I am glad. To be my, back have you here had on enough Metal of my Hammer. antics? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I I know I can tell you to stop, and you will not. So that's the (laughs) fun of this. You know me so well. It's me telling you to stop, and you continuing to do the shit that annoys me. So that's that's perfectly fine. No, man, I'm (laughs) I'm I'm glad to be here, man. We're talking Sabaton tonight. I'm
1: so excited, so excited. Ladies and gentlemen, also joining us once again, um, Robert Cooper, the Metal Coop. Uh, Are you there with your girlfriend this time, or are you flying solo?
3: Well, she actually had to leave because uh, she didn't have the right shoes for work tomorrow. So it's just me and Dave.
1: So, how weirded wow. out was she when, when she heard on the podcast that I said that I fancied her for no good reason?
3: Uh, I mean, I think she was all right. Like, okay. I think at this point she's just come to expect it.
1: <laughs> okay.
3: She hears the shit that comes out of my mouth on a daily basis. So, the fact that, you know, other people might have other weird things to say, eh, it's all just right. kind of normal.
1: Good. I'm glad that she just accepts my lasciviousness and just, you know, moves on with her life. Good girl. I said good girl. will get, oh, get you. Oh, that, I will. Okay. That'll get you some points. Mark says, good girl. <laughs> yeah, that'll get you some points, buddy. That'll get you laid for sure. Um, speaking of getting you laid for sure, ladies and gentlemen, from JMU Hollywood and from 411 maniacom where he brings you the MMA and the wrestling coverage, whether you like it or he likes it or not. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the love of my life, the great love of my life, Robert Winfrey, Sabaton fan extraordinaire. How do you do, sir?
4: uh it was amazing mark not a single sentence of that was true <laughs> thanks kermit you're welcome <laughs> Oh, uh, again gimmick aside, always happy to be here and spend some time with you guys so uh
2: hey.
4: yeah just you know a good time will be had by all as mark intimated whether you like it or not <laughs> <laughs> well, we like to bring you on for the Sabaton, not
1: just because you enjoy the band and we enjoy you enjoying things, but also to give us a history lesson as I'm going to mispronounce things as each one of these songs are about a specific historical incident or um, or, or something or, or incident adjacent. And none of us will know what it's talking about, but Robert will have charts and diagrams and be able to explain the whole thing. In this podcast is going to be about eight hours long, so I'm looking forward to that.
4: Um, I'm trying to cut it down. I'm looking for more like eight minute eight hours and ten minutes. <laughs> Perfect. <Ooh. laughs> all roughly righty. as long as the roughly as long as the Batman. Oh my god! All right. So. Hey, I, en- I
3: I enjoyed it, even though I also agree that last act was. Uh, I was like, cool. All right, this was really this is really great. I love the way this ended. Everything's wrapped up, and I'm like, wait a minute. What the fuck is this? I forgot about the Riddler.
4: They're still going. They're still going. They're still going. Oh Why my god, it's
3: still, they're still going. going. I mean, I love I adored the movie, but also yeah.
1: <laughs> Batman, my vagina hurts. Just stop already. <laughs> Either finish and get off me or just get off me, but but stop already. And he's uh,
3: just like pounding there, be like, I'm vengeance.
1: <laughs> I'm vengeance. I'm vengeance. I'm vengeance. I don't care who you are, get off me. Alright. Um second time I've made that joke today. Uh, Let's get into the album before Jesse leaves us Because he can't take any of our nonsense anymore How's that sound?
2: I'm mentally not here, so it's okay (laughs) Those
3: are the best podcasts, don't you know?
1: (laughs) I'm ready! Alright, here we go The first three tracks on this album are as follows Uh, We've got Personality Stormtroopers, Dreadnought, and the Unkillable Soldier So I really love the gallop on Stormtroopers and the Unkillable Soldier. It's probably like one of the things I like best about how Sabaton uh, writes their music. Dreadnought was a little on the slower side for me. I, I didn't not like it, but I didn't love it. Uh, Stormtroopers and the Unkillable Soldier, uh, I, of those three are the two that I like, and probably Stormtrooper the best. Robert Winfrey, let me go to you first. Um, so the first... Uh, so we skipped Sarajevo, um, that
2: because why did we skip Sarajevo? we didn't <clears throat> uh, it's not on digital it's oh, apparently okay. one song that is specific to the physical format, which is it's as you can see there it talks about the uh, assassination of Archduke oh my goodness, I had it in front of me Archduke Fr- Franz Ferdinand. Ferdinand yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay which cool which is they, this
4: that's the impetus of the whole first world war, correct. Largely, it's also I mean, that's what kicks it off But that's actually Mm. a really If you've not read the shocking amount of coincidence And fate, essentially That went into how that happened It's kind of crazy
1: Really? We talked a little Uh, bit about that when we reviewed um, uh, Munich, the the Art of War What was it? The Edge of War Uh, Edge of War, that's what it was
4: uh, just for the, uh, I'll, I can be brief here, but I mean, obviously this group had planned the assassination of the Archduke. Uh, he was the he's the heir to the Austro-Hungarian Empire. He's like the crowned prince. Uh, and he's in Sarajevo, and the Serbs there are not happy about being part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. This is somewhat complicated by the fact that Fr- uh, the Archduke is something of a friend to the Serbs. Leave it to the Serbs. Uh, he's been kind of championing their cause and whatnot, and uh, these guys—it's more about patriotism than this guy in particular has screwed us over. And so they plan the assassination. The first attempt, like they drive by like th- three people who are planted to try and kill him. It doesn't work. They finally get to the last guy who chucks a bomb at them. It goes off, but it doesn't kill any of the re- any of the relevant people. The uh, would-be assassin feels sad and runs away. <laughs> he's not caught <laughs> hang on I, I, say, I say he feels sad and runs away because he actually goes to a uh, like deli and like gets a sandwich yep. while while trying to figure out what to do next meanwhile the archduke is not whisk, whisked out of the country for safety uh, he and his wife decide he wants to go he decides he wants to go see the people who were injured in the, explosive, in the attempt on his life because again there was a bomb that went off people were hurt he wants to go visit the wounded They all decide this is a good idea. His driver is not familiar with the city and takes a wrong turn. Then their car stalls out, literally in front of the shop where the assassin is eating his sandwich. Oh my gosh. Nice. He then pulls out a gun and the assassin then pulls out a pistol and shoots the Archduke and his wife dead.
1: Wow. Alright, well let's talk about the three songs we actually heard. Um, Stormtroopers... The Unkillable Soldier, which was a single that was released on February 11th, 2022, and Dreadnought. Uh, Stormtroopers, as the wiki tells me, uh, it's just a specialist soldiers of Imperial Germany. Dreadnought type uh, is about a type of battleship at the Battle of Jutland. And then The Unkillable Soldier, Adrian Carton de Wiert, uh, during World War I. Um, Robert, your thoughts on the songs, the history, life, the universe, and everything?
4: 42.
1: Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say there's two of us. No, no, he knew he knew I meant him.
4: <laughs> oh. Okay. Um yeah, you mentioned the stormtroopers and how you like the gallop that goes with it. Uh I agree with that. Again, stormtroopers are simply a category of soldier before they became memes. <laughs> uh I'm not the, the the song draws a comparison between the use of the uh, of these types of troops uh towards the closing end of world war one and the development of the theory of the blitzkrieg that was used in world war two little bit of a stretch but also you know there's enough that's being changed around this point of time in military theory that it's not the it's not an egregious comparison to draw Uh, uh you mentioned dreadnoughts that's actually my favorite song from this uh Album I think is Dreadnought. I, I like the slower pace of it. Of course, it is. <laughs> I, it's the hey, one I'll, I didn't I'll, like. <laughs> of these three, I'm going to
2: agree with Robert. I really uh, Cooper, or no, not Cooper. Cooper hasn't talked yet. That'd be Winfrey. I, I'm I'm agreeing here with Winfrey. I like Dreadnought.
4: I like the wordplay that goes on in it too. Just it's not Good. Again, it's nothing that's going to you know shake up the world. But I enjoyed it, especially for you know Sabaton, who doesn't do a lot of clever wordplay. Again, Dreadnoughts are a type of battleship. They were first used during World War I, and they were the largest warships of their time. Prior to this, the general configuration for a battleship was you had two sets of large guns and then three or four sets of smaller ones. Now bear in mind these are naval small guns, so they're still quite large. But as, you know, technology and industry developed, people realized, hey, we can cram a bunch of these large guns on here and it'll still work. So that's what they started doing, and there was one battle where the two dreadnoughts kind of squared off, they fired at each other, and then they both went away, because neither group wanted to risk them. Uh, uh-huh. naval, naval assets like that take a lot of time and money to recreate if they're destroyed. It's one of the big reasons that you know the Battle of Midway in World War II was so big, because the Japanese never had enough time to recoup, uh, to recreate the losses they suffered in terms of just raw material. So, it's a little bit like that famous uh, the famous battle, if you're a fan of the American Civil War, between the first ironclad ships, where they showed up, they fired cannons at each other for a bit, some people got hurt, but neither ship was actually sunk, they both went away. But it's more about what it means for warfare going forward, rather than the individual battle itself, and that's kind of what uh, we came down with here. Uh, the Unkillable Soldier is a great character, actually. Uh, this guy served in Africa he mentioned he served in the first uh, in the Boer War in South Africa. Uh, then when World War one broke out, he served there. He also served he survives World War one serves in the second world War and survives that as well uh, during his I believe it was just during World War one. He was shot several times in the face, head, stomach, ankle, leg, hip, ear, blinded in his left eye. He survived two different plane crashes and at one point tunneled out of a prisoner of war camp. Uh, lost his left hand. Uh, partially, he had wound up tearing off some of his own fingers because the doctor wouldn't amputate and then they, again he wound up losing the hand more or less. Uh, and at the end of his memoirs of the First World War, he wrote, frankly, I enjoyed the war. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> when, they say that, when they say that, you know, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: wow. This is what they're
4: talking about.
3: He is the Maytag washing machine of war. <laughs>
1: um, so, Jesse, go ahead and talk about your thoughts on the songs or, any of, or respond to what Robert was just talking about.
2: Well, I, okay, so I've already talked about that. I, I like Dreadnought of the Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that as, as far as story goes, that's <coughs> what Sabaton is known for is telling a story in their songs. They're telling you history a lot of uh, you know that's that's their thing the unkillable soldier might win the story off of this album because that dude went through some stuff Um, and as far we've seen Sabaton grab really great tales from warfare and really great figures uh, from specific battles and shine a light on them with songs I think that that one's going to win The story of the album for me That's uh, That guy's got some stuff uh, He's got some nuts that's for sure <laughs> He's got He's got some nuts So, But yeah I mean Dreadnought's probably Stormtroopers brings it in great uh, Dreadnought is Keeping up the pace and the Unkillable Soldier Is a great story to listen to So,
1: Alright go ahead Cooper Take me home on this particular first round of three songs Here what'd you think I mean, I greatly enjoyed them.
3: Uh, I'll say that The Unkillable Soldier I found to be uh, fascinating, just as Robert was saying. Uh, I was not actually aware of uh, his exploits before listening to this album, and that is one thing I really do appreciate about Sabaton is, in a lot of ways, sometimes their they're, sometimes they're songs as a full album can drone a little, can uh, not all the songs hit the same way. But there, even when the the music is you know less than optimal, there's a lot of times when still the subject matter rules altogether. Right. Uh, for me, I would say all three of these songs are very good. Uh, I'm really liking the gallop that they have. I feel like it's a little more reminiscent of some of their older stuff because after, I think after Careless Rex, I think like almost the entire band quit. <laughs> and I really, and I really feel like it's been a noticeable difference in their sound i guess in terms of the uh sort of different things they bring cuz some of their some of the stuff off their uh you know the more current albums i kind of feel are just more of a standard verse chorus verse kind of mid-level guitar solo let's get out of here tell a story uh i really enjoyed the very fast tapping on the uh intro to first the first song on there i really loved it uh Great stuff.
1: All right. Let's go and move on to our second set of three songs here. Uh, Jesse, when we come back, let's um, since we're only going to have one more break after this, when we come back from this one, uh, let's check in with our sponsors and the Angry Metal guy and see what he thinks of all of this. How do you feel about that?
2: I love it. Let's
1: do it. All righty. Here we go, we've got The Soldier of Heaven, Hellfighters, and Race to the Sea, of which we did a reaction to the video.
0: the snow that binds me to this mountain A force of nature too strong Sends from above Where spirits lead the way The wings will never fade White I'll take the stairway
1: I missed my cue there. Alright, that uh, that section of three songs was brought to you by Grammarly. Robert Winfrey knows all about Grammarly because he uses it for his coverage of MMA and various Any wrestling to the shows. People Don't you, Robert Winfrey of the Screaming Boy Podcast? You totally use Grammarly <laughs> to help you with your I, writings.
4: I would But uh, don't lie to the people and say that I do when I don't. (laughs) Wonderful service. Absolutely. You should all get it. We're giving away a free trial of it. It's absolutely worth your time.
1: That's right. For you listeners of Robert Winfrey's written uh, material, um, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake free, like Robert Winfrey does. On Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else, Robert Winfrey writes on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar punctuation and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements so that you too can write like Robert Winfrey, as he does for 401mania.com. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M Network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M Network to download Grammarly for free. So, the uh, Soldier of Heaven, which is a single that was released on January 7, 2022. Uh, the Italian, Italian-Austrian Italian Front and the White Friday Avalanches. That's what that one's about. And we have Hellfighters, uh, which is the 369th. Infantry Regiment. Mark
0: about When uh, <laughs> uh, Mark learns uh,
4: about the 369th Infantry Regiment, that's going to become his favorite song. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, the
1: 369th Infantry Regiment of the United States of America, also known as the Harlem Hell. Yep, I can already see where this is going. The Harlem Hellfighters. Hell up in Harlem, baby! Um. Anyway, and then we have "Race to the Sea," for which, as I said before, we did the reaction video for the song, much better than the actual video, which is just Sabaton playing in a puddle. Uh, This is (laughs) Albert the First of Belgium, where the waffles are from, fighting alongside Belgian soldiers who eat the waffles in the Battle of Sir (laughs) Yasser Arafat. Syrup. Syrup. Got it. In the Battle of Syrup, at the end of. Thank you. At the end of the 1914 race to the sea, I feel like my lack of intelligence is bringing everybody else down over the years, and I like that Jesse is like just arriving in the basement that I dwell in. That's that's very cool to me. Uh, race, <laughs> race to the sea came out. Uh, the single came out March fourth, 2022. Uh, Before I go over to Robert for his history lesson and thoughts on the songs themselves, Jesse Starcher, what does the Angry Metal Guy think of all this? Oh, that is a
2: great question. Well, I will be glad to tell you because they did a review for The War to End All Wars.
1: Oh, Angry Metal Guy, sexy me with your sexy reviews.
2: Uh, Well, let's let's drop some other scores here real quick. Kerrang! gives it a 3 out of 5. Blabbermouth gives it an 8.5 out of 10. Sonic Perspectives gives it an 8.4 out of 10. Uh Metal Injection, eight out of ten. Ghost Cult Mag, seven out of ten. And ManOfMuchMetal.com dot com says eighty five
4: percent. Man of much metal.
1: Man of Much Metal
4: <laughs> Right. I think Marcus now of... found the metal hammer of doom equivalent of Kevin Carr. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so far he hasn't annoyed me the way Kevin Carr has, so we'll see what he says. Man of Much Metal. Well <laughs> hey? a
3: Kevin Carr. He's, don't a fat worry
1: guy. About it. he's a fat guy at the movies that I like to bully on, on our damn you Hollywood show.
4: You don't even bully him. You point me at him and go, Renfrey, <laughs> bully. Get him. Because he's so dumb. <laughs>
2: <Then> <laughs> he's... You say stuff like that. <laughs> anyway. So, yes, back over to the angry metal guy. Listen, Dr. A. N. Greer which is yeah, angrier. Uh, it's. I'll go ahead and read it here. This is the fa- uh, final few sentences. It's probably impossible ever to top Careless Rex. But when compared to newer output, I like the war to end all wars a smidgen more than the Great War. But that's not enough to bump this up to a score. It doesn't deserve three out of five. So, I mean, most most of these are scores that are absolutely giving credit where credit's due, in my opinion. I mean, Sabaton is known for, uh, I mean, this is their gimmick. This is their thing. They are going to discuss warfare in their songs, and they are going to, again, shine the light on some of the crazy stuff that happens. Not just, it's not like they, they aren't. I don't want to use the word prejudice, but it's more like they're not biased. How's that? They're not biased as to who they talk about either. I mean, they will talk about just about any infantry and some of the, some of the insanity that they have seen uh, and make a great song out of it. Uh, So, I mean, I agree with most of these scores. Not, not, it doesn't seem like they're giving them most of what we're reading here is not horrible. This is all like above average. And I'll, uh, you know, as we go through this album, you'll see. I, I I agree. All right,
1: Robert, lay it on me. The audio, the visual, the historical, the satanical, the circle, the Cirque du Soleil, the Cirque du Soleil. Go.
4: I can only give you a few of those.
1: Okay, the Cirque du Soleil part.
4: No, I'm not that (laughs) flexible. So, Soldier of Heaven uh, is told from the perspective of any one of the number of victims of the. You mentioned it, the White Friday avalanches. This was a weird series of events that uh, took place uh, December 13th, 1916. Now, the most the most prominent one uh, would have been the one that took place on Mount uh, Mamalolda, which killed 270 soldiers. Oof. Uh, D- the avalanche was it, was, was it just
1: Act of God that caused these avalanches, or was yeah. it fracking, well, or tank e- movements, or what? Fracking.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And- the early twentieth century
1: fracking that went on, Dick. <laughs> it just
4: it, it, it dis- it dislodged uh, you know chron- chronological particles that went backwards in time. <laughs> <laughs> the g- greatest album ever already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, these av- again, There was the one that struck an Austro-Hungarian barracks uh, and killed 270 soldiers. However, there were more than one avalanche on that particular day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of them, ultimately, somewhere around the neighborhood of two thousand victims, uh, wow. mostly soldiers, a handful of civilians. Oof. It is referred to as as White Friday again. Now, now you mentioned whether or not it was an act of God. There's some dispute about this. both Both sides of the war at this point had been artillery shelling.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: the mountainside.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go with then it wasn't an act of God They now, shot the it, mountain enough until it went to pieces Well like
4: a it, it, it didn't Actually now that said uh, It wasn't like you know, Nowadays we know how to do this with a degree of precision It wasn't quite that it was more hey I wonder what will happen and <laughs> it, it, <it's laughs> Hey really, you
1: I'm going to shoot that mountain I bet you won't
4: <laughs> uh, again, hey, Hold my beer a, Obviously, there's a degree of, yeah, we know this is kind of how this works, but it was not, these avalanches were not necessarily triggered by or observed to have been triggered by a singular, again, detonation of artillery or mortar fire or whatnot. So, yeah, there's that, and they tell a good story based around that, and it, it really is one of those, like, when you look into the history of warfare, you find the craziest stuff, Right, like this. That's just, so, avalanches. Who would have thought? Hmm. Um, Hellfighters, uh, as mentioned, tells the story of the 369th Infantry. Uh, this was... Uh, uh, this was used to Has- be a... Hashtag black folks. Uh, it was originally formed as the 15th New York National Guard Regiment. It was eventually reincorporated to the main army and activated. Uh, for, consisted mainly of African Americans. There, there were plenty of other people from, if you know anything about New York... You'll be not be surprised to hear that there were also men from Puerto Rico, Cuba, Guyana, Lib- uh, Liberia, Portugal, Canada, and the West Indies. So, a lot of people there. They served... Uh, they had a lot of different names, actually. The I mean, the official nickname for the regiment, because all regiments have nicknames. Uh, they were officially nicknamed the Black Rattlers. I'll bet. I imagine at least one of their officers was from the American West. <laughs> Or further in the south, because rattlesnakes aren't much of a thing up by New York. (laughs) Uh, They were nicknamed the Men of Bronze by the French when they arrived. Uh, That's racist.
3: It's because they're very well tanned.
4: It it was, again, somewhat apocryphally, it was more the Germans who called them the Hellfighters. (laughs) Okay. Uh, They spent, yeah, one of the things they're noted for, they spent 191 days in the front-line trenches, which is absurd. Can you? Uh-huh.
1: I mean, when you think about like any time you've watched a movie about trench warfare, like even look at like Wonder Woman or um, some of the other ones where like nineteen nineteen, I think. It, oh God, no, nineteen. What the hell is the name of the movie with those single shot? Nineteen seventeen. Nineteen seventeen. Nineteen seventeen. I knew it was seventeen or was. sixteen. One of those it was two. Nineteen seventeen. It
3: was seventeen. Just th- think about
1: na- think about your your daily life and the amount of freedom that you have just to be able to move around. You know, even if you live in a you know a house or something. And, and now imagine you're spending... How long was it in the trenches? 191 days. Okay, now more imagine than, you're spending 191 days in a tunnel. The, 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 you know, than, a little
4: a, The size of a hallway. More than any other American unit. They also suffered more casualties than any other American regiment.
1: I mean, is it a wonder some of these people came home and maybe had one or two mental health issues?
4: Right. Like, <laughs> uh, for whatever oh. it's worth, this regiment was also the first uh, of the Allied forces to cross over the Rhine River into Germany.
1: It will make oh. them like that anymore, I'll tell you that much. I mean, like, not I'm not really, even making no. a joke. I'm not making a joke, I'm not... I don't. And we don't need to get into a whole commentary about it, but, I mean, when you think about the kinds of things that the average American um, finds uncomfortable right now, and you asked people over a hundred years ago to sit in a hallway for a hundred days, a dirt hallway, being shelled at, <laughs> you know, no showers, no nothing, just... Here's some, here's some wa- food...
4: Make sure you walk on the boards, because if you step off into elements of the mud, it's deep enough to sink a horse, and we can't pull you out. Right.
1: Oh, yeah, and, and, th- and that's where you lived for a hundred days. People complained about the lockdown for three months. About <laughs> 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 well, my freedoms. You know, people are like,
2: I wear wearing masks,
1: these motherfuckers. Right. <laughs> like, Lived in a hallway of mud and had to walk on board for fear of drowning in said mud. I'm just saying sometimes it's good to take stock of your life and you know and have some perspective. That's just wonder, me.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm wondering like what bathroom uh facilities they had in the hallways of mud. I they don't didn't think have a b- God intended. they, they <laughs> didn't have a bidet, I'll tell you that much. <laughs>
1: Jesus oh, Christ
3: oh, in Soviet Russia bidet have you <laughs> It's true.
4: It's very um, true. Alright, must... the last one Go ahead. Yeah, the last one is Race to the Sea. Which describes an entire series of battles that took place in nineteen fourteen. Once the Western Front had kind of settled, uh the big fear was one of one of the sides being flanked. So you had the southern line, which dead ended into like the Alps where um Switzerland is on that French border. So you weren't terribly worried about somebody trying to pass through essentially impassable terrain. So the, the big strategic fear became, well, if either side gets their army north, they can sweep around and flank the whole line, and then, every, then it's all over. So they both sides started fighting further north. They were extending their lines, and the logic behind this being, let's get to the North Sea... And if somebody can get there first hey we can win because again we can flank the whole rest of the line all the way down france now in particular we're dealing with again the battle of ysir where the belgians uh who fought heroically including their king as mentioned here albert the first who did not have to still be there fighting you know he was a He's your again, your king, uh, and there was still a monarchy in place there. He was the actual head of state. Could have evacuated. He stayed and he fought with his uh, with his men, and rather than let the Germans completely occupy Belgium, uh, if you know anything about Belgium and the Netherlands, these are the Low Countries, is kind of what they're referred to as because they're technically below sea level. So they got. As they were starting to lose ground, rather than let Belgium be completely taken, they basically destroyed a bunch of seawalls, uh, you know, dikes, other things of this nature, uh-huh. and flooded enough of their country that the Germans couldn't get across it. And it, it wound up being this I forget exactly how long it was, but there's this big uh, layer of swampy terrain that they can't get around. And the last little bit of Belgium that is still technically free and under Belgian authority, and it's not much. It's like a single city, but they stopped it. The whole, I mean, the whole race to the, the whole race to the sea winds up in a stalemate. The lines just stabilize, and we continue fighting the way we've been fighting for another couple of years.
0: Hmm.
4: All right. Um, you want to talk about the music real quick? Uh I like Hellfighters. I mean, I like Soldier of Heaven. It tells a good story. I think the music, I think musically I enjoy Hellfighters the most of these particular set of three. Uh, It's hard to properly convey, you know, what trench warfare is. And for as much as you can, this does a decent job musically. And Race to the Sea is perfectly fine. Like, we're, we're well within Sabaton's wheelhouse here, but they are executing quite well.
1: Um, one of the things I noticed, uh, it almost had kind of an eighties feel to it. But I was thinking, like, um, like a Pat Benatar, you know, flash dance kind of a song. Um, that that first little beat there for uh, "Soldier of Heaven," you know, the dun 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 dun, you know, it, it it had almost like a synthesizer eighties kind of vibe to it. It was just one of the things I picked up. But all three of these, um, you know, "Race to the Sea" has it's a very Sabaton-y kind of song, you know, very marchy uh soldier of heaven and hell fighters are a little bit more my jam so i'm sure you guys all like race to the sea the best um uh, <laughs> jesse starcher did you like race to the sea the best
2: Ah, no soldier of heaven's my jam there i, there I like out of of boy jesse out of, jesse, the... out of yeah. fucking boy <laughs> almost the almost the video that we covered for the metal hammer of doom extra but i mean it, it was just sabaton dancing around a dude that's dead on top of a mountain Uh, Well, I mean,
3: that's how you get your uh, jollies off. That's what you got to do.
1: Listen, we're not here to kink shame, and I'm sure out there there's somebody who's like has to have sex on top of a dead person, and you know what—that's their thing.
3: uh, There's a few songs about that, I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah.
4: Oh yeah. You did just come from a black metal concert, right?
1: At, <laughs> least oh, yeah. one, at least one person's on like field or Tinder or plenty of fish, and it's just like my kink is I like as I have to have sex on top of dead people. And I'm sure he'll find his forever person or persons. <laughs> well,
3: forever not for long, <laughs> but you know my just keep staying on there.
1: God. <laughs> This show is so weird. Like, ha- like half of it, like regular review. Half of it. <laughs> so, let me tell you about the people on dating apps who fuck on top of dead people.
4: Like, wait, what? <laughs> the app. I believe the app is called, is NCR. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, Jesse, do you have anything else to say about the music before we go? No, over no, Coop? no.
4: Coop, go ahead, Coop. Uh
1: yeah.
3: Well, one thing I was. Uh
1: i'll definitely mention
3: in terms of trench warfare if you ever want to hear really awesome music about that that is black metal 1914 is a really fucking awesome band uh all their music is about world war one and it's fucking awesome uh in terms of other music about world war one though uh race to the sea i found uh, you know during our review i enjoyed it upon further listens it's kind of alright. Uh, I don't really feel like it sticks out quite as much. Uh, mm-hmm. Soldier of Heaven, I really, really enjoyed. Uh, just hearing kind of the, those 80 synth beats kind of popping in as well was really nice.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: not something that I really uh, expected to hear in this album. It was, uh, it was definitely a welcome change from kind of what can sometimes be a little bit of monotony. I think overall, though, this trio of songs are really strong. Uh, the mu- like the music itself is interesting The stories behind them are also Very nice, educational, really interesting Something uh, you can't always say About a lot of bands, really dig it
1: Alright, well we have the last Four songs that we're going to Listen to tonight uh, Lady of the Dark, The Valley of Death And Christmas Truth and then Versailles uh, So we'll, uh, we'll go one more Round here, we'll get a little history lesson from Robert, we'll talk about the music And then we'll go right into plugs So Here we go. Uh, Last four songs. Once again, Lady of the Dark, Valley of the Death, Christmas Truce, and Versailles.
0: Let's all shine. A cold winter day After many months on the battlefield And we were used to the violence Then all the candles went silent And the snow fell Voices sang to me from no man's land We are all We are all That never ends. Today we're all brothers, we drink and unite. No Christmas has arrived, and the snow turns the ground white. Here, canals from the trenches, we sing the holy night. Our guns later and small, strong, black. The war had been raging and ravaging for four years. Leaving millions of casualties from all sides. In the trenches of the front lines, people have asked the question, what is the price of peace? How many more must die? Exactly five years after the assassination of Franz Ferdinand, Germany is forced to sign an unconditional surrender. For the signing of this historical document, The French city of Versailles is chosen.
1: it's the treaty that'll end the war for now. I mean, they basically just kind of took a break. And then they went right back to it. So... (laughs) Um, that Treaty of Versailles song right there, though, uh, I love it. It's probably like one of my favorite songs on here. It feels like it should be at the end of a movie somewhere, you know? It's it's a very celebratory song. It almost has like Jesse. It almost has kind of has like a holiday vibe to it. Like I should like I feel like I should play it at Christmas time.
2: <laughs>
4: well, Christmas truce definitely. So no, maybe no, not was... Christmas truce. No, no, no. no.
2: <laughs> I got
4: you. I got you. You play that well, at a funeral? As... I imagine I'm the only one here who actually did hear Sarajevo.
2: No, I actually listened to a little bit of it before the podcast tonight because I wanted to check that out.
4: Yeah, Uh, Sarajevo and the Treaty of Versailles, mm -hmm. the exact same song. Oh, okay. Interesting. Which is a very, uh, I actually think it's a very strong artistic choice to show that functionally all this did was ramp up another war.
2: It wasn't the same lyrics,
4: though, right? It was no, just no, the, different yeah. lyrics, but, uh, the, right. but the music is essentially identical. Did you there
1: like how earlier today I was comparing the um, the the, the post twenty uh, WrestleMania seventeen stuff to the beginning to the early nineteen thirties Germany, Robert?
4: Yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm just gonna look, look. I mentioned this when we reviewed
1: Munich. Um,
4: No, 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 not Munich. When we reviewed uh, Cheaper by the Dozen yesterday. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Boy, I was way off.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, just just hang on. I'll I'll get to my point. Uh, In an effort to kind of find something less artificial, by which I mean I could have found, you know... What's the... Like Stevia. I I don't (laughs) know, whatever the worst artificial (laughs) sweetener is. Uh, And... I fell down a bit of a rabbit hole about like about um, you know, World War II documentaries, and I stumbled across a series that is ongoing uh, that's done by it's actually the same guy who does the. If you're not familiar, there's a, a gentleman whose first name is Indy, and he does the uh, history episodes that w- on on Sabaton songs. Oh, it is part of their YouTube channel and whatnot, and yeah he and he's got a couple of other YouTube accounts because it's easier to do these via different uh channels rather than have them all be under the same umbrella he's got one that was all about uh, discussing World War one there's a segment that's uh just about the time between World Wars one and two and everything that led up to World War two and how the various players came to power etc cetera, et cetera and there's World War two in real time which started a couple of years ago and was just going to be essentially a weekly I think they go every uh, I think they go twice a month. And it lets and there's two series that go along with this. One is purely military. That's the one that Indy does and it's just from X date to X date and it's whatever happened on these dates however many years ago, here's what happened. It lets him go into great detail about specific military maneuvers, uh, tactics, strategy, personnel, etc. And he can cover and when you go that slow, you can kind of cover the whole theater of war because World War II if you look at how many countries were at some point involved in a a real capacity it covered like over 90% of the occupied world there's like (laughs) four countries that actually remain neutral from start to finish and that's it the sister series to that is done by a different gentleman, Spartacus Olsen and it's called The War Against Humanity and it focuses exclusively on the civilian cost and the atrocities and the holocaust and things like that so I've been binging that basically for the last seven days the last five six days and uh, if you're interested in that topic or even if you're not if you think you have a strong enough constitution to not be overly distraught by facing the horrors of humanity you really should give it a look because it's it's one of the best series I've seen that does such a good job of humanizing these impossibly large numbers uh, of what has been done so long story short no Mark you comparing (laughs) the WWE's reality post Wrestlemania 17 (laughs) to the 1930's in Germany (laughs) did not strike an especially powerful chord within me
1: I thought it was mostly accurate, but hey, whatever.
4: Um, Be nice to Vince. He was a, he was raped as a kid.
1: Aww. Wait a minute. Really? Yeah, Yeah. totally was.
4: Huh. I'm um, very
1: sorry to hear that.
4: Some stuff makes a lot more sense now, doesn't it?
1: All right, well, uh, yeah, especially his need for an incest angle in his life need. Um hey, b- b- what we need to do is talk about where you can hear this album. And did you know, Robert Winfrey, that you can hear this album on Amazon Music?
4: I assumed so. I'm glad to have my uh, assumptions confirmed by you and your immediate access to their large library of over 70 million streaming songs, podcasts, and I believe they have audiobooks available as well. Now, if only this particular service were available for me on some kind of trial basis so I don't have to spend any money to make sure that this is something I want. Well, Robert Winfrey, today is your lucky day. Is it? It
1: is! Because we are giving away a free 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service. So please click the link in the description of this podcast at getamazonmusic.com slash w2mnetwork. Again, get AmazonMusic.com slash W2M Network for a free 30-day trial of the aforementioned Amazon Music Unlimited. You can check out the entire Sabaton catalog. And then when you're done with that, you can check out more bands, more battle metal bands, more progressive metal bands that sound like Sabaton. And then when you're done with all that, you can listen to something else. You could listen to Randy Savage, Be a Man, which we're going to review next week for WrestleMania. It listen to 1914. That's right. You can listen to 1914. All right, so just to kind of wrap things up here, Lady of the Dark is about Milunka Savic, a female Serbian soldier from 1912 to
4: 1919. Uh, uh, the... Yeah. Milunka Savic is the most decorated female combatant in the history of modern warfare. Oh, I should tell my daughter about her. She joined... Like, she would pulled a Mulan, basically. like When okay. her brother was activated as part of the... Um, uh, a Serbian military unit in, uh, in the start of the World War, uh, not even World War One, like the first Balkan War. So she didn't want him to serve, and she cut her hair, hid her gender, and joined up. Nice. And she fought very well and hid her identity for quite some time. When they discovered that she was a woman, after she got injured they knew she was a good fighter and didn't want to lose the soldier. They didn't want to, you know, prosecute her or anything. So they offered her a spot in, like, you know, more on the rear lot, more on the rear guard duty or like, in something like nursing. And she just stood at attention and said, you know, no, wait. <laughs> About an hour later, they realized she wasn't going away and sent her back to the front lines. Nice. She, G- valued, hang on, she also... She didn't serve in World War II, but she kind of snubbed a... Uh, when the Germans were occupying Serbia during World War II, uh, Serbia at this particular point in time was part of Yugoslavia, which I don't think ex- – which does not exist anymore. It hasn't existed since the Berlin Wall fell down. Yeah, Yugoslavia has been gone for a while. And- Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Do
1: you not remember the the Clinton years, sir? Were you, like, like a baby? When this was going on where there was a, you know You'll there was fighting yes <laughs> there was fighting going he knows on in, the answer <laughs> <laughs> there was fighting going on in Serbia and this was all like during I think the Monica Lewinsky thing because I, I want to say that uh, Clinton fired like missiles over there and they were in the news was referring to them as Monica missiles in a very wag the dog way
3: uh-huh, well, you know, if there's one thing that man knows what to have to do, it's to blow a, blow a load.
1: Yes. He know, certainly knows what to do with his missile when Jewish girls were around. Anyway, back to you, Robert Winfrey.
4: Uh, anyway, th- there was a big kind of banquet that was uh, arranged for some visiting German generals, officers, you know, uh, personnel and whatnot. She flat out refused to attend, and in response was sent to a concentration camp where she spent ten months before the war ended. <laughs> Ouch. But she she survived uh, She didn't die until 1973 Wow Alright, good for her he has so balls thing, of steel. You wanna, Again, you want to make a You want to make a movie about a woman Hey, we got some real ones here You don't need to fabricate Ga- Gabrielle Union is the most perfectest wife ever okay, okay, we got it We heard
1: all about it the other night The what Valley movie of, is this? Cheaper by the Dozen, which is don't currently hurting Robert's soul um, The Valley of Death 1917, the Battle of Dor- uh, Dorin, Dorin. Um, The Christmas Truth is the Christmas Truth of 1914. And then Versailles refers to the Treaty of Versailles, which they thought would end the war to end all wars. And it basically just caused a timeout <laughs> while everyone geared really back gosh. up again and but restarted Mark, it a few understand? years later.
4: But, Mark, don't you understand? Neville Chamberlain yes. at the Munich Conference... He he was such a critical. He played such a critical role in making sure that Britain was ready. Yes, when asshole. I, saw,
1: I I reviewed the movie with you. I got it. Um, I, <laughs> so. I just. I
4: have to get a shot in at that stupid, <laughs> stupid ending. What, uh, which
1: movie would, was this? Munich, The Edge of War. It was on. Oh, Netflix. see.
3: What, we should talk about the greatest World War One movie of all time, uh, The King's Man.
1: Nope, and I've already <laughs> done that. Um, I,
3: I
4: know. The, I, okay, so the Battle of Dorin just. To get things a little bit back on track here, yes, sir. Uh, took place yeah. in Bulgaria. Uh, the United Kingdom was trying to press into Bulgaria at this particular point in time. The battle lasted from April 22nd to May 9th, all in the year of our Lord 1917. And despite being outnumbered, there was only one division of uh, of the Bulgarians—about 30,000 men—to the three divisions of the British, totaling 43,000 men. Much better prepared. In fact, the number of mortars each side carried: the British had 110, and 440 machine guns to 35 mortars and 130 machine guns on the parts of the Bulgarians. But they sent out Miro, and all was well. Uh, no, at, at the end of it, when the British basically gave up on attacking this fortified location, they had 12,000 casualties to only 2,000 on the sides of the Bulgarians. So it's a, a lopsided a victory. Pretty lopsided victory in favor of the Bulgarians there. <laughs> right? Uh, the Christmas Truce f- is a famous, spontaneous event in the, again, Christmas of 1914, all along the Western Front in Europe when people just stopped trying to kill each other for a little bit and remembered that they were all humans. And <laughs> all across the lines, again, this was not organized. This was yeah. not condoned. In fact, there was many higher-ups on both sides of the conflict who were upset about various commanding officers who allowed this to happen but people met in no man's land they traded drinks and gifts and played soccer like they just had a good christmas and then everyone went back to their trenches and went back to killing each other it's one of the most it's one of the most well-known but still one of the most uh, emotionally resonant bits of humanity from the inhuman insanity that came out right. of that uh, was world war 1
1: Robert, give your uh, final impressions of these three, four, these four songs, but also the album, and then I'll move to Jesse, and we'll close out with Robert's thought, Cooper's thoughts. Uh, I like that they,
4: I like that they played around a little bit with the. Uh, look, Sabaton has a very distinct style, and that's certainly not, uh, it's not a bad thing. But they play around with it a little bit here. You, know, you guys mentioned some of the other influences that you could hear. We get some stuff that's a bit more of a slower. They do a good job. Of capturing the theme of their stories with their music. You know, there's a reason that the Dreadnought song is a bit slower and the and the pacing of the beat mimics the the sound of waves as they kind of come in. And they, of course, have waves and there's a bit of a sound effect. Uh, versus some of the stuff that's a bit more you know, upbeat and frantic. Hmm. Some stuff that is meant to celebrate... It, you should, we don't celebrate war, and I, I think that's a, a thing that needs to be a accepted but you can celebrate the heroism that it brings out in people without glorifying again the the atrocities that are committed in war and it's a fine line to walk but I like the way that Sabaton whenever they tell these more heroic stories or about heroic characters they're not afraid to be a bit more uplifting you know, whereas there's just such a because war is so terrible and by all rights should never happen it does constantly because human beings are not creatures who do what we should the vast majority of the time you can condemn a war and you cannot want to glorify it and you can certainly you should certainly never lie about it which is a big thing that happened a lot of the time especially pre-World War One. Uh, there, there were just myths about The realities of war that were spread around and thankfully those have mostly been dispelled but the pendulum kind of swings too far the other way in some cases where everyone thinks that well every engagement the totality of Vietnam was just some cross between platoon and apocalypse (laughs) now (laughs) I wish I were joking but there are people who think that Mm -hmm. and it makes you want to put your head through a wall because Because, no, that's not reality. Reality is more complicated than that. It always is. And, yeah, war is... You know, I mean, there's... War is one of the worst things imaginable because of what it does and what it brings out in us. But you can be... You can also tell the truth about some of the her, the heroics that it has inspired in the people under the worst conditions imaginable, and that should be celebrated as well, so... Uh, they're not afraid to do that on at times they also do a great job of again finding these stories that are maybe lesser known and shining a spotlight on them and encourage and their music has probably done more to encourage people to look up figures and events in a historical context than a lot of you know history teachers have been able to inspire so almost assuredly. Alright, Robert. Well, it's great to have you on
1: here for the insight and uh, just, you know, it's nice that when you like something, um, you gush in your own special way. So, I always enjoy having you on for these Sabaton reviews and whatever else you're you're into. You know, maybe some other internet, YouTube artist doing something with a Kraken. I don't know. Uh, but
4: Look, when Jonathan Young's Sea C- C- Shanty Metal album comes out in the near future, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to insist...
1: You, oh, you, yeah. we, will, we will bump you into the rotation Jesse Starcher You've, certainly, you've been quiet tonight Because we've, we've shown a spotlight on Robert Winfrey But I want you to have your say here What are your thoughts on these four songs and the album in total
2: Well I will say that the spotlight Definitely belonged on Winfrey Because everything that he said I absolutely 100% agree with Sabaton has a way of celebrating The perseverance Of the human spirit even through warfare and that's what i see a lot of these songs focus on oh we got this great technology but it, you know the driving force behind the war to end all wars is it's a, it is a human element and people living through these horrific times uh sabaton finds a way to celebrate them so i i will tell you these last four songs Well, the last three are some of the most powerful on this album. The Valley of Death is my favorite song off this album. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love it. Christmas Truce, that was the third video we thought of maybe possibly doing a Metal Hammer of Doom extra on. And after watching the video, it was so powerful that I was like, I do not want to actually sit and bag on this. Like, I know we will on the the other Sabaton videos that we're watching. So I was like, we got to leave that one alone because it is... There's a very powerful message that's being taught uh, or at least shown in that video about the psychology, I guess, of warfare where people are fighting to the death. They stop for one day to celebrate a holiday together and then go back to killing each other. And the way that that video ends is the beautiful piano that we hear throughout that song. Uh, it explodes, and that's pretty much the end of the. That's the end of the video. Something so beautiful is destroyed by war, uh, and so there's a very powerful message in that Christmas Truce song. And Versailles, just like you said, Mark, it, it, it belongs in a movie. <laughs> you know, it's that's <laughs> something that definitely uh, it, it inspires. It has that feeling Um, so evokes that feeling of Uh, epic, uh Movie-worthy, uh Track, so, uh, but yeah I, Overall, I really enjoyed this album I can't find a song that I didn't like, really Uh, I mean, I've enjoyed Everything that I heard, and yes I want to go learn some more about some Of these figures that are in here, some of these Battles that took place, uh, so Enjoyed myself, Robert Cooper
3: Yeah, uh I really feel what the, what the band really tapped into here towards the back of the album was really powerful. Uh, the Christmas truce. There's actually a podcast I listen to uh, every weekday called history daily, which is uh, done by noiser and airship podcast, which is really good. And he did just a 15 minute podcast on it. And it's something to me that really speaks to humanity as an actual, uh, quality group of people how even if in the worst of times with you know just hatred and bloodshed and battling you can you can stop naturally like you know you this wasn't thrust upon anybody they just they were singing christmas songs in the trenches and somebody finally poked their head out and was like hey it's christmas merry christmas do y'all want to not i want to kill each other for a while.
2: Just, and I man, we don't have to do this right now.
3: Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I thought it lasted more than one day. Oh, um, really? Okay. The thing that actually, and this actually is something that really burns me up on the inside is the fact that after this happened, all the generals pretty much on all the sides, pretty much forbade anybody
1: else from doing it. Uh And that just. Trying to win a war here. I can't have you people being human beings.
2: Yes. Yeah. Come on. Uh, Kill somebody. Yeah. Well, I mean.
3: And for me, it's really uh, emblematic of, you know, what's going on right now with the Russia and Ukraine situation with that war.
2: I had some feelings when I heard this album, and and Mm -hmm. it's kind of, you know, with today's events and this album coming out, it almost. It just made me feel weird. I don't know why. It's not like I was like, oh my gosh, Sabaton, how dare you? But you definitely have that like in the back of your mind.
3: Yeah, well, and the, the thing I w- I'm thinking of more is the fact that not all the Russian soldiers are evil. I mean, they're right. not bad people. It's it's some man with some with a complex that feels that he should rule others even when they don't want it, you know, and that's... Something that really struck me is to, you know, think about how, you know, there's this, just even now, if they could have some sort of truce, you know that they wouldn't be able to keep it for long because they'd be fearing for their families because there are powerful people in play that see life as expendable, and it's very frustrating. It's, uh, and that's kind of what I look at with the Christmas truce is that at the end of the day, the people in power... They're just gonna they're gonna replace you and keep moving, and it's awful. And it really speaks, I think, to the quality of you what the good that humanity could be just with the Christmas truce and of itself that they stopped and there was peace. Like what what could have happened, you know, if we kept letting it go. Which you know, perhaps it, you know, warfare is inevitable. Humanity's unfortunate uh, sort of motivation is. Greed in a lot of ways, but it's it really it really sucks. Frankly, it's uh, the song the song and the album. I think speak to the better aspects of what can come out of a war, and it's something I find interesting because I'm a liberal douchebag. I've, I've made that apparent enough, <laughs> but Sabaton's one of those bands that I really feel like and everybody's talk about. We need unity. I really feel like they what they speak about is something that is very global you know it's not in a way it's not really glorifying a nation or an ideal it's just glorifying humanity you know glorifying the best of what we can be and sometimes even the worst situations like you know it's 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 not really saying like it's you know they're talking about the stormtroopers here like they're not not being like yeah man we love these us uh, in Germany even though you know the, they were kind of on what in our know, American eyes is seen as the the bad side they're not really saying like hey these guys are great but this is a story from you know from their experience and right. I can really appreciate that I really feel like they bring something as an overall band that is something that everybody can rally around. And I really appreciate that. Uh, That being said, for me, the album, I give it a solid four out of five. Uh, There's some songs definitely that are going on my uh, Sabaton playlist. There are definitely some songs here that are going to be bangers when when I hear them live. Because every time Sabaton comes around, I try to go see them. They are a fantastic live show. They have so much energy. Uh, And yeah, I can't. uh, I don't feel like I can give this album any more praise than I have.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give it a solid A. And that wraps up our... Review of Sabaton, The War to End All Wars. We've said it like a million times tonight. Here's a million and one. We kick off wrestling week, our celebration of WrestleMania with, uh, on March 30th with our trivia for wrestling that my wife was the scorekeeper on and Jesse hosted. Pat Mullen, Gavin Napier, Bill Yankovie, uh, Leonard Hayhurst, and uh, who am I missing? Jesse. I, I Leonard, one, Bill, Gavin, uh, Pat it was a fifth person
2: That was it We didn't have a fifth person We That's right The fifth
1: person was supposed to be Liz It's right. um, <laughs> like no wonder I can't remember them They don't exist <laughs> Yeah, they, they were not there um, So there's that But then in the evening We'll all be back again uh, The three Metal Hammer of Doom fellows That you know and love To do Randy Savage's rap album And then On the 6th uh, We're back to Lordy University We'll be doing Abusement Park, uh, so check that out. We'll hopefully have another uh, video for you. We're going to take a break on the 13th. Uh, I'll throw up an old Metal Hammer of Doom. Um, I'll figure this out which one I'm going to do at that point. But in the evening, Jesse and I are going to talk about this now. I haven't been talking about it, but we're almost ready to do this. And Jesse pesters me daily with his thoughts on what we're doing <laughs> here. <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> um, so it's not going to be its, its own new podcast. We're it's still going to be a TV party, but we are doing once a month. We are embarking on what I am calling the um, the selected works of David Simon, and these are uh, these are shows and seasons of shows that he was the producer. Uh, one of the producers on, uh, writer on, etc. If you go to his so Wikipedia, Jesse,
4: how much, how much did you have to twist Mark's arm to get him to do this? No, this right. is my idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's a, on, his, on David Simon's Wikipedia page. If you don't know who he is, he created The Corner, The Wire, Treme uh, Generation Kill, etc. And he's you know he's been an author. He's written many books, etc., etc. Anyway, uh, part of his Wikipedia page, there's an entire list of everything that he's basically the creator or producer of. Um, starting with homicide, life on the street, season 5, and going all the way to a show that's actually starting on April 25th, we own this city, which we will also be doing a review of, but more on that later. So once a month, the, the, the third or so, or so the middle Wednesday of every month, Jesse and I are looking at one season of a David Simon project and we are be- and we're going in order. So uh, he is listed as the producer of homicide, Life on the Street, season 5. So Jesse and I will be reviewing that on April thirteenth, and then season six, and then season seven, and then we're into the corner, I believe, and then the wire, and then Tremay, and then show, and then uh, I think Show Me a Hero, and then the Deuce. So uh, this is going to take over a year to do, since we're only doing these once a month, and there's multiple seasons of every show. We're only doing one season a month, but I'm excited about this. Um, I'm excited to go on this journey. Imagine you Jesse. Why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. From the uh, from the corner to the wire The selected
2: works of David Simon Are you excited Jesse? Oh wow man Reliving this uh, Homicide right now Homicide life on the street I am Of course I started watching it with my wife And we'd watched those shows back in the day mm. And it was probably my first ever Like procedural cop drama I think I've ever Like was into and watched mm-hmm. uh, Law and order be damned I was watching Homicide life on the street And we are having a blast We're about, I don't know, six episodes into season six now And there's not stopping I thought to myself, I need to stop Because, but I'm noting every episode as I go through So, um, but if I stop right now, Mindy would kill me So unfortunately, <laughs> I'll probably have Homicide Life on the Street done by next month <laughs> How many, was it? it's uh,
1: like 22 episodes of uh, season five, right? Yeah, yeah, we're Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get, get started on my minutes. watch of it I haven't, like you, you started a while ago and I'm like, I got other crap I gotta do So I actually yeah. need to get started on it this week um, in any case, we're back to doing uh, metal again on April 20th. We're doing the new Ghost album in Para, and then I just made a switch. We were supposed to do the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but Rammstein announced a new album Zeit, so we're going to do that instead. That takes us to April 27th. Um, we're back to Lordy University on May 4th. We're going to be doing Spooky Sextravaga Spectacula, um, and then Fuzzy Boombox. And then another homicide life on the street. And then for Robert Cooper, a little early birthday present here for you, Watain, the agony and ecstasy of Watain. How do you feel about that there, Robert? Uh, I'm moist. I'm sure you are. <laughs> um, and then finally, the day before my birthday, I can't think of a better way to spend my birthday. Actually, I can because we're going to do it the following night when we review We Own This City uh, from David Simon. But the day before my birthday, it's a double shot here. We're having a party. Me, Jesse, and Robert uh, Cooper are going to throw me a little birthday party because we're going to review Def Leopard, Diamond Star Halos. I cannot wait. I love Def Leopard. Don't you love Def Leopard, Robert Cooper? Uh, to be honest,
3: their earlier no, work... No, please lie they- to me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they're great when their drummer had two arms. Perfect. Oh no. <laughs> oh no.
1: Big Slim
3: No. <laughs> All right. I mean actually I am I'm actually really don't mind Death. Leppard. Like even their poppier stuff. Like mm-hmm. I actually do like
1: Death Leppard quite a bit. I mean like, who doesn't boy- love hysteria? Even Robert Winfrey loves hysteria. Come on. Do not lie to the people, Mark. Everyone loves hysteria. It's an amazing almost perfect album.
4: As a subset of everyone, you are still lying to the people. <laughs>
1: All right. <laughs> I'm done here Robert Winfrey, tell them where you write and what you write about Quickly
4: well, As you were so kind enough as to point out earlier I write for 411mania.com I cover professional wrestling a few nights a week AEW's Dark Elevation on Mondays MLW's Stuff on Thursdays WWE Smackdown on Friday God bless you <laughs> The last few episodes I've needed it Good grief, Smackdown has started phoning it in If it's not Roman or Paul Heyman talking and it's painful hey look here's more Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey you want to know all the behold the field where I grow my fucks to give and it is barren nice
1: I of, also all covered the things, the, I, of all the things that was going to get you to curse tonight
4: Charlotte Flair will get me to curse an awful lot
1: well but she's, she's the queen don't you
3: understand we have stop. to make her look strong
4: stop just stop <laughs>
3: you know it's really funny if you want to want to laugh like go pick up a pull a picture of her from every year of her WWE career and try to kind of guess what uh, work she's had done
1: <laughs> alright it's, mid- like it, it's almost unfortunate it's almost midnight and I'm sure Jesse would like to go see his wife hang on He's yeah finished. that is
4: that is a that does sound like a fun game <laughs> I might <laughs> I might try that uh, I also cover mixed martial arts actions over in the MMA zone at 411mania.com this last week the UFC's returned to London Good card. Uh, Really surprisingly good card all the way around. Some great finishes, including a knockout of the year contender. Uh, This week will be UFC back in Ohio. They're in Columbus. They've brought a card that's got some hidden gems on it. Uh, Nothing that's jumping off the page at you, but I'm somewhat looking forward to it, so I will be covering that on Saturday. And if you're interested in mixed martial arts, I host the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast wherever you happen to be listening to this, plug that in there, and you should be able to find me musing about the state of mixed martial arts and so on and so forth. So if that at all interests you, give that a listen. I appreciate any and all support that that particular program can get. It seems to be growing a little bit. So yay, I'm very happy to see that thing at that show. It's shifted around so much. <laughs> and it's it finally does seem to be actually getting a bit of organic growth so if if that at all interests you please do give it a listen if not, well, tell someone you know that you think might be interested I'd, I'll take that as well um, and I will be back tomorrow uh, for the TV party for Disenchantment so be on the lookout for that
1: yeah, I finally finished it now I know, understand what you mean by like nothing was resolved
4: not a darn thing
1: <laughs> yeah that's the end of the show, they 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 done messed up. All right. Uh speaking of done messed up, hey big time, tell them about your podcast.
2: <laughs> All right then. So yeah, the Source Material Comics Podcast does have its own feed right now. If you uh are getting the W two M feed, you're going to get the Source Material Comics podcast right in there along with the rest of the other great shows. But if you wanna Uh, find me uh, and just subscribe totally to the Source Material Comics podcast. You can do so and you just get the content that shows up on my feed. And speaking of that, uh, we should have pretty soon an episode of Unspoken Issues where we talk about the Carnage Cosmic. So that is where the Carnage symbiote gets on the Silver Surfer. Happened in 1998. We're going to be recording that soon, so that should be dropping. Uh, I will tell you that episode 303 was the unbeatable squirrel girl finally making her debut on the source material podcast where evan Bevins and cole Marantet got together with me and we talked about the first appearance of squirrel girl along with the unbeatable squirrel girl volume one uh first four issues so that was a lot of fun if you enjoy ryan north and some good humor in your comics that's it's this is right up your alley. And then dropping Friday special bonus episode, just a solo one where I take a look at a one shot from 1994 of Spider-Man. It's a flip book. So if you know much about flip books back in the 90s, you get one story on one story on one side, you flip it over and you get another story on the other side. So you got a Spider-Man story where he faces off with the villain Humbug. And there's a theme here. There's a theme here because if you flip it over, on the other side you got Orkin Exterminator number one. That's right. The Orkin Man makes his Marvel debut. (laughs) And it's
4: funny stuff. I'm Uh, sure he'll be getting his own Disney Plus series in the next two to three years. (laughs) Right.
2: Right. Uh, so anyway, that's like a quick twenty-minute episode. So if uh, you guys keep an eye out, that's going to drop Friday. I will be making an appearance on the MCU's Bleeding Edge this Friday. We're going to be really? talking that. Yes, top three, whoever the panel is. I know it's going to be me. It's going to be Jeff. I don't know who else is joining us, but it's going to be us discussing our top three MCU TV universe whatever supporting characters. We're not just looking at the top main characters. We're looking at. We are going to be looking at. The, the answer supporting. is fo- The answer is foggy. All right. just, just stop. It might make my. It might make the list. I got to get three on there though. So, I got to get three. Um, and then finally, I made an appearance on Capal, the pop cultured podcast, where we discussed <laughs> another list. We came up with our top ten comic book covers, and uh, it's these are personal favorites mixed in with like arguments about why why it should be legitimately the top. Uh, comic book cover ever uh so our video feed, I think dropped this week, and it's just going from ten to six, and we talked a lot. We had four people on there, we had visually uh you know we're we're showing you the cover, we're talking about it uh so and there's there was a good time to talk about some of the fun stuff uh that we've seen on comic book shelves or I should say even at the local seven eleven trust me, those comics made it in there. Uh, but uh, check that out. That should be on YouTube somewhere. Just look up Kapow, the pop culture podcast. And that is all my love. All right, Robert Cooper, take me home,
1: baby doll. My friend handed did a podcast once. Yeah,
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. It's
3: probably never coming out again, but you know what, at I, this point? I hope, hard...
2: Hannah, I hope Hannah gets uh, your friend Nick on a podcast before he ever makes it here. <laughs>
3: I, re- I hope she does. Get him on that uh <laughs> Tell, remind me why I'm sober, uh, crossed over with uh, Dr. Nicholas Canada, uh, which he now gets his doctor. And I told him, uh, his doctorate. And I asked him, if I Photoshop your face on Dr. Nick from The Simpsons, will you put that as your contact photo for the college? And he said, <laughs> yes, I will. So I'm going to do that one day. But regardless, uh, that's the only plug I have. Because otherwise, I sit in my house with my cat and I'll uh, be hey. like, Man. I need to get that nail out of the wall and uh, fix that before the rinse, uh, before I have to uh, leave here one day.
1: <laughs> all right. Thank, thank you, folks. Thank you, Robert Winfrey, for joining us here in the Metal Hammer of Doom. This has been our review of Sabaton, the war to end all wars. For the boys of summer, as I remembered we called ourselves back in 2016 or 17, whatever year I'm currently working on uploading stuff, be well, be safe, and behave.